Cultivation, Cultivation with Kevi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cultivation with Kevi. I'm your host, Kevi the Dreamer. And today I am joined by one of my favorite photographers, one of my favorite people also, Jessica Malone of Jessica Malone Portrait. Hello. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for being here. So excited to have you. I always start off my episodes with some icebreaker questions to allow people to get to know you better. So I got a couple questions for you. Okay. Question number one is, would you rather go hiking or to the beach? Oh, beach. That'd be hard. <laughs> but beach. Yeah. That was the fast answer. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I, I've been in beach mode for a while. So <laughs> I think you triggered something. <laughs> I'm always a beach person too, so I'm there with you. All right. As a child, what do you want to be? What did you want to be when you grow up? So the, I love this question because I feel like I have the uh, not your typical answer. Um, I wanted to be a waitress or a Walmart greeter. <laughs> I had really high aspirations, um, and then I was later told that uh, I did talk about being a. Um, baby doctor. <laughs> so it was either waitress or baby doctor, but you know, um, or, or the Walmart door greeter, which I've you been with and I've worked at Walmart. So I guess I just had to like raise my standards. Cause you know, <laughs> you had high standards. I already <laughs> achieved all that. Well, they didn't let me be a door greeter cause I wasn't old enough. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> I love it. Question number three is, do you have any phobias? Um, I don't like tight spaces or dark water. Dark water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> These are fun. You know, I don't know if I've ever really noticed dark water before. I, I guess I'm always seeing light water. So, Well, like water you can't see the bottom of. You know, like if yeah. you swim at night in, in the ocean or something. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had a past life reading one time and they told me that I drowned at night in a, in a past life. So oh, I wow. kind of explained things a little bit. So, um, but yeah, mm. that's, that's one of the things that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Even when you go to a place and the water's kind of murky um, and I can't see my feet, it just kind of freaks me out a little. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are here at Cultivation with Kevy. This is a self-empowerment, self-love podcast. We promote positivity we promote self-love, self-empowerment, um, all of that, motivation, inspiration, just all of the good things in life that I feel like are often forgotten about and sometimes you have to dig hard to find. So Jessica definitely captivates all of these things, um, not only with her portraits, but also with just her being. So I'm excited to talk to her today. My first question for you, Jessica, is what first inspired you to get into photography? Um. <laughs> so my dad was actually a hobby photographer and um unfortunately he passed away when i was very young um he died suddenly when i was seven he was barely 40 years old so it was very unexpected um and he left behind a stack of photo albums that was about as tall as me like the old school ones with the film you know mm -hmm. um so in a way that's how i got to know him um was through what he photographed and i never put that together as an inspiration until many years later um but that was just always something there. And I think that changed how I, I just experienced and viewed the world. I started seeing things in the matter of like light and shadow and, and, oh, this is a, you know, I can feel this, this visual, if that makes sense. And then when I, later on, I got to college and um, 
I had applied to graduate and I needed one more elective and it was either photography or folk dance and folk dance. She took attendance and it was like super early in the morning. And I, I just was a six year senior. I wasn't about that life. So photography. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just kind of found my groove there once I picked up a camera and, and then I was, this was the MySpace days. Um, so there were a few accounts on MySpace of photographers that, you know, their work was very similar to that old school film, but it had this moodiness. It had this emotion to it. Um, and there was like, you know, love and an edge. And it was just like all the things, how I experienced the world. And when I saw that that's what photography could be, and I was there in this class and it was just like, it just took off from there. And then after that, people were just like, Hey, come shoot my wedding. Um, so it, it just kind of snowballed, but really that was the the original inspiration, I think, growing up and just looking at photo albums of somebody that you love and is no longer there. Oh, I love that. And you've been doing this for a minute now. You said MySpace days. That's been... <laughs> I dated myself, back. didn't I? <laughs> um, but that's yes, okay. this was like 2009. I shot my first wedding, I think in 2010 was the first... That was how I got started, was just jumped in the deep end with weddings. Um, and so my first couple, they always remind me how long I've been a photographer. Every time I see them post their wedding anniversary, I was like, oh yeah, that's how long I've been doing this. So I think it was 2010. Yeah. Love it's been it. So whenever you shoot, do you, does that make you feel closer to your dad at all? Oh, what a good question. No one's asked me that. Um, yes, it does. Um, there's there's been a lot of cool things that I've done, um, different shoots that I've got a chance to go on and different things. And, and I've always kind of imagined him like being my, my second shooter, or, like my assistant, like you just can't see him, but he's there. <laughs> so I invite him along. Um, but yeah, it does because, you know, I like to think everything happens for a reason. And I think, um, he gave me this gift of sight and knowing how important that is. And so, yeah, I definitely feel it. I love that. So through photography, you have created a lot of cool projects. So I would love for you to tell us about some of them. Some of them I already planned to ask you about, but I feel like there's so many. I feel like there's even more than what I know about. Yeah. So my portrait projects are a way for me to um, have a little fun, really, and put a theme to what we're celebrating. The first project I did was actually in, two, in 2020. So we were just coming out of the... Um, out of quarantine and it was a very crazy year. And the first one I did was the 40 over 40 project. And it was to celebrate women over the age of 40, because I feel like they're not being accurately portrayed in the media. And as a contributor to the media, I, you know, I feel like it's our responsibility to um, say something when we have something to say. Uh, all artists, all creatives anyway, I feel like that's our responsibility. But so the first project was to celebrate women over 40, to empower them, to show that, you know, life isn't, life doesn't end at 25. Life doesn't end with marriage and kids. Um, this is about you and you should be celebrated and your wrinkles should be celebrated and everything about you, you earn those <laughs> and we're not going to hide them. And we're not, you know, going to make you feel ashamed or you need to spend $2 million on creams to cover it up. Like you're awesome the way you are. So um, that was the 40 over 40 project and it was super fun. And I got to hear so many great stories. And what I loved the most was my assistant and my hair and makeup artists. They're young, they're 19, 20 year old girls. And to set through, cause we interview them. I interview all the members and I ask them, what have they learned? What would they tell their 20 year old selves? 
what if they could go back, you know, I don't, don't want to talk about regret or anything, but like, tell me what shaped you. Tell me what you didn't know when you were 20. And so they got to sit and listen to that. And I'm like, man, if I heard that at 20, <laughs> I don't even know what I'd be doing now. I'd be like ruling all kinds of countries and worlds and universities. <laughs> I don't know. But so I did the 40 over 40. And that was awesome. People had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. The next one we did was the Phoenix Project, which you're well aware. This is how I met Mr. Kevin here. Um, the Phoenix Project was awesome. It featured 25 people who have um, radically transformed their lives or had experienced some kind of radical transformation. And we photographed them to show, you know, try to give a visual representation of their um, powerful story. Uh, and we interviewed him and talked about what it was like. What is it like to, you know, change your life? And then we featured them, you know, in a portrait show. So that was the Phoenix Project. Uh, we're currently doing the second round of the 40 over 40 because the minute we had the show for the first one, I had a waiting list for the second one because people were very excited. Um, so we're currently um, wrapping up the second round of the 40 over 40 project. And then I just started a new one. Actually, we do the first shoot this week um, and it's for the tarot series. So we are creating a tarot deck out of everyday people um, and it's for personal growth and development insight. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. I love that. That's that's a fun way to be creative and to shake it up a little bit and to get to know people, to hear their stories. That's really exciting. I'm looking forward to that Thank new project. You. Absolutely. You. you do got to shake it up a little bit. I mean, you know, I have fun with every shoot that I do and everyone's different. And, and you know, really, it's more like about the person. It's not just a photo shoot. Like I'm I'm bringing this person out and I'm I'm reflecting that back to them. So it's more than that. But you're right. You know, after almost 15 years, <laughs> it's like, oh, let's put a little spin on it. What can we do? There? How do we? And the tarot series is a very big challenge for me because there's, you know, interpretation of the cards. There's meaning to the cards. There's depth. There's um, a lot of iconography and symbolism that goes into it. So um, it's, it's going to be a very fun challenge. And, you know, I'm very excited. That's exciting. Um, how, how long have you been into or aware of tarot? Is that something that you're starting to learn more about and to get more into? So I've actually been playing with tarot cards since I was 15. Um, so not to date myself even further, but that's over 20 years ago. <laughs> so my mom um, got me uh, my first deck. My family's been kind of like the black sheep. You know, we've been a little like, um, we've been that family for, for a while. Uh, so my aunts all read tarot cards and stuff. And even though they didn't do it in their older years, um, it was just something they'd always been into. So my mom got me a deck to play with when I was 15. And I just kind of dabbled it. I never really took like, I don't think it's like a fortune telling type of thing. I don't, I have my own kind of views on that. Um, but I didn't really start utilizing it as a personal develop, a development tool until about five, six years ago. So it's been a while, but how I've done it and, and, you know, my methodology and all that has, has kind of evolved over the years. When I was in college, it was just kind of a party trick. Like everybody would come over and, uh, you know, we would get ready, you know, the girls would get ready to go to the party and I would like read their cards. Um, but it never really turned out the way they wanted to, because like one girl wanted to meet a, a guy at this party and he had former military. Um, so she was very excited. He was going to be there and we read her cards and her card said she was going to meet a man in uniform. And so she was thrilled 
she got arrested that night. <laughs> she oh was my goodness. <laughs> so I was like, you know, um, so it's kind of evolved the way we've done it, but I've done it. I, I've used it for a while. <laughs> we, you know, played with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then actually I, I, my academic background is in humanities and we kind of dabbled in that um, at the graduate level in humanities with, with its imagery and it's, it's, super rich history. I mean, it goes into literature, it goes into film, philosophy, uh, psychology. It's a popular tool in psychology now. Um, it's just a very interesting tool. Rambling off on a different tangent. I mean, that's no, what you're, you're good. No, but I, but I love it. Um, I think it's interesting that it's something that you guys would do like before going out or just, you know, to get together. Um, I think, you know, I, I love to just learn about new things and, and I don't know a lot about tarot cards. So I think that's the interesting thing to connect with somebody over, you know, it's, it's a, it's almost like a bonding experience and, and just the things that you would learn and what it reveals. Like you said, it doesn't have to be like fortune telling. It could just be like, you know, wisdom or what have you. So that's yeah. really interesting. I think, well, you know, kind of like uh, they have these like, psych test, like a Warshak test or something. And they show you the ink blot and they're like, what do you see? And then they can like, you know, decide kind of what's going on in your brain a little bit to some extent based on how you're interpreting these things. And the tarot, I think is no different. Um, what's really cool about it is, I don't know if you've heard about the hero's journey or some of these storylines. It's what makes um, popular movies popular. You see it in Harry Potter, Star Wars, uh, the Hunger Games. I mean, they've gotten, you know, it's also what makes literature popular. You see the same same storyline in a lot of religious stories. Um, and that's what really started making tarot so popular because during the Renaissance, you started getting everybody kind of rolling into Italy. And uh, that's where it was going down. And they had a lot of artists. They had a lot of uh, rich families commissioning arts. They had uh, paper. They, they had a paper mill going on. I mean, like, things were happening there. Well, you had all the world coming in doing trade. And at night, you would have a bunch of drunk merchants, basically, hanging out in northern Italy. And they had to wait, find a way to entertain them. And so the tarot was a way, because we didn't have Rosetta Stone then. We didn't have, you know, all these ways to to. Uh, go across that language barrier. So the tarot was so innate to humans that they could basically make plays off the cards. And it didn't matter where you were from, you could understand that because you were still human. So there is something very unifying about it that, you know, it transcends time and space. It transcends culture and language. It's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, you know, to, to kind of cut to the heart of what it means to be human and how we experience you know, our lives here. And I th doing this with combining with photography, not only is it, you know, fun to get all those elements in, but like you were just saying, it, it kind of cut it, it opens people up, it connects people. So I'll have and, and with my coaching, I have people come in and do coaching and I've integrated tarot with coaching and they'll come in and what do you want to shoot? What how do you want to be photographed or what can we work on today? And it's blank. You know how it is. You've been sitting in a chair and you might have a million ideas. But the minute somebody asks you, like you're you just don't even know your name anymore. You're like, I have no idea. But I start <laughs> laying out these cards and I'm like, you know, are you on like a spiritual journey? Are you celebrating your family? Are you looking for a new job? Do you feel overworked? And then all of a sudden this just gushes out and I've been able to connect people. Like I can cut through years of trying to get to know somebody and cut right to the heart of that. Cause I am speaking to that. And as an artist, that's 
like, you know, not just arts, but artist, coach, any, that is so powerful. So it's a really, really cool thing. That's awesome. Definitely. Um, so I, I definitely want you to tell me about your coaching. Um, I, it, now, forgive me if I'm wrong. You also have Conscious Creatives Academy. Is this your coaching or is this yes. something different? Okay. Okay. So Conscious Creators is my platform that I'm building, you know, uh, that's more about mindset coaching, um, personal development. Um, it's in the works. We are putting classes on manifestation, how to use your words to, you know, help change your life, how, how powerful words are. Um, but yeah, also coaching. So we do group coaching and then I do one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who just want to dig a little bit deeper. They want to reconnect with their intuition. Maybe they feel a little lost and they're trying to find guidance. Um, it's more about showing you how to be your own guide. Like, I don't want to necessarily be your guide. I want to guide you to find you. And then you take it from there. Cause I don't know, I'm never going to know what you really want. No one is, you know, no one knows you like you. So my job is to put you in touch with you again and then send you on your merry way. <laughs> um, that's what conscious creators is about. It really, the heart is that we are all constantly creating our lives we are all constantly creating. Um, you're doing it right now. You're attracting things in your life. You're repelling things out of your life. So my goal is to take people from being constant creators to conscious creators. And so that you're aware of your power and you can consciously make these changes in your life that you want, not that what someone else has told you that you need or something like that, but you're aware of your own power and how you're doing this. And then once you're aware of that, whatever changes you wish to make, that's on you. I mean, of course, we're there to help you through changes, but really that's like the goal to take you from being just to be consciously aware of the life that you're creating and the power that you hold. That's great. So where, where are we at with that? You said that it's in the process. So coming soon. Well, I have my coaching. Yeah, we have, we have conscious creators uh, website where you can get in contact with us and join our mailing list. Um, the coaching is live. We do group coaching and we have in-person one-on-one coaching with me. The one part that's being built is like the actual courses. Uh, Cause that's a, that's a whole feat in itself. And you know me, I bite off uh, way more than I can chew at any given time. So <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. Um, actually, one of the courses that we're getting ready to record is um, how to build a daily practice with tarot cards to help your own personal development or your self-growth journey. Um, and it's pretty much, I teach what I've learned for myself. It's kind of my way that I've done it. And what I found like, you know, as far as like the meanings of the cards, how you can turn that to like a more self-development, personal development thing, not just like you'll meet a man on a pale horse or something real cryptic, like that, you know, that they, that people think that, you know, tarot might be about. No, like, let's talk about where can you love yourself a little bit more today? Where are you not celebrating yourself? Where do you feel out of balance? You need to drink more water, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Things that are, in my opinion, actually useful. Um, so, and how to incorporate, incorporate that into a daily practice to really like help and enhance your life and your journey. So that's the course that we're recording now. That's, that's the part that's being built really is the actual Academy <laughs> part of conscious creators. Gotcha. So yeah. you said that you have a website for that. Where can we find that? Consciouscreators.com. Perfect. Perfect. And you also have oh, that on so, Facebook yeah, I have as a new well. One. Yes. I'm sorry. I, let me retract that one. We have consciouscreators.com and that works. 
Um, but I did get a new URL, new URL that's a little bit easier and it's create thyself.com okay. instead of know thyself, create thyself.com. So I think that might be a little bit easier, easier to maybe spell. People get tripped up on the word conscious. <laughs> I think it's that S and C. So create thyself.com. Okay. I love that. You know, I have to hit on one point that you mentioned because it keeps coming up in my life recently. I've actually done a couple episodes on this recently, but manifestation. Manifestation is something that keeps coming up for me. And it's funny that we're talking about conscious, consciously creating something. Um, I have to say that, of course, you know, us being creative people, um, I feel the most creative when I'm winding down and falling asleep. I don't know if anybody else is like that. I don't know if that has something to do with like maybe your mind shutting off or, or what have you. But it's like it's like that moment where you're trying to fall asleep and then you're like, oh, I don't want to lose this. I, you know, you, where's mm-hmm. my phone? I got to write this down. So I'm somebody that as I'm drifting off into sleep and I'm like transitioning, I guess, to whatever, what, you know, the state of dream of dreaming or being asleep. I have all of these ideas and all of these things that I want to put into motion, but it's like, I don't know if I'm aware of it because I'm like asleep. So it's like, it would be awesome to be conscious and aware of what I'm doing and not just be like half asleep when I'm, you know, have all these ideas coming and the manifestation part. um, I've just been talking to so many different people recently about just the power of it and just like literally just speaking and seeking what you want and it just coming to you. It's just such a powerful tool and concept. And I don't know why I've been so late to the party, but I'm here now. So <laughs> hey, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. And you know what, really? So I've always been a little on the mystical side of things. And it's that, 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 that part of life has always just attracted me for whatever reason. Um, but when I went to college, I actually, my bachelor's degree is in communication. So, and during college, I I had never heard anything about the law of attraction. And and if I had, I would have probably immediately brushed it off as, you know, something, you know, maybe a a woo, whatever, you know, people, people have weird first reactions to all that stuff. Um, But when I later got into it, I got into it when I started building my business and I totally credit uh, law of attraction, manifestation, mindset to building the business I have here today. Um, that, that changed everything. The minute I started controlling my mindset, things just 180 and I haven't looked back. Right. Um, but what was interesting when I started learning about that, and then I applied that with what I had studied with communication, um, was very interesting because when we talk about using your words and we talk about manifesting in the law of attraction, the universe, and you can call this whatever, um, the universe, the response, it universe response to whatever you want to call it. Um, it communicates quite similar to how a human does when you start breaking this down to like the philosophy behind it. When we start getting past like words are simply vehicles for meanings because you have different languages, right? So like, how does the universe, if we're talking about manifestation and, and speaking things into existence, how does the universe work on languages thousands of years ago, ones that never have existed? What about people who can't speak? Can they not manifest? So there's like all of these things you start getting into when you start breaking down the philosophy behind it, like behind communication in general, that you have these different codes that you communicate with your tone of voice, your intention, your body language, um, the energy behind the words. We all know that the word doesn't mean anything. It's the energy behind it. Somebody could be like, I love Mondays. 
I love Mondays. I said the same thing, but my energy was totally different, right? So it was really interesting to start comparing how we communicate just as people and what we know about that on like, you know, in an academic level. And then how does this work when we speak things into existence? How does this work when we speak to the universe? And it is, it is so cool. It is just, it just, it's empowering. And it like kind of just redefines, like you do have this power and you do have the ability to do this. You just need to focus it and harness it. I love it. So something that I am curious to know about you is, would you say that women empowerment is something that's important to you? Because I've noticed a theme, you know, you have the 40 over 40 project. We haven't talked yet about, um, and I may be pronouncing this word wrong. I'm horrible at pronouncing things. Um, Bordois. Am I saying wow. that word right? No oh, one ever about says it right. It's okay. Everyone says it with like a questionable tone. <laughs> it's okay. I call it boudoir. I'm Appalachian. I got the hard R's at the end. And I'm a, I've am done this for 15 years. And so I've been published. I feel like I can say it how I want. And that's how it goes. We call it, we can call it boudoir. The, the proper way would be boudoir. But I don't know boudoir. anybody who really, at least in the, the States. As, as we're talking about communication and how you say things. <laughs> yeah, well, there is a connotation. I think if you walk in and you say boudoir to people, people are like, what? But if you walked into like a photographer um, convention, like I go to those a couple of times a year, they say boudoir, like the top, like they say it that way. So it's okay. We call it boudoir. But um, yeah, I don't try to, I, I would like to empower all people. Um, maybe I gravitate towards women because I, just from the experience of being a woman in this world, understand where they are feeling disempowered more than somebody who identifies as a male might experience that. Um, but I don't want to totally... Um, that, that's a tricky one. I don't mean to, it's just how it is, you know? Also from a photography stance, I do market towards women because just in my photography world, the women bring the men. Um, and that's just, you know, the woman can be in labor and she's like booking her newborn photos. Like that's just, I mean, I've had the, I can count on one hand, the exceptions I've had. So photography wise, we do kind of gravitate towards women just because that's a demographic thing. Um, but as far as the empowerment goes, um, it's just kind of an accident. However, during the Phoenix Project, um, we had you and we had another a male in that project, which was super exciting. And that experience with him was, I mean, all of my experiences with my photography clients are amazing and they're touching. And usually if you're not crying, like while viewing your pictures, I feel like I've dropped the ball somewhere. Tears of joy. Right. Um, and especially one that's something like that, you know, um, but he was looking at these images and he had really transformed his physique, right? He had lost a bunch of weight. He had, he had toned his body had put a lot of effort into this and he's looking at it and he starts tearing up and he says, you don't understand, which I don't me and his wife, his wife and I are chuckling over this, like not to, you know, make the moment insensitive, but he's like, you don't understand. I've been looking at men's health magazines, men's fitness magazines for years. And I, no matter how hard I work, it's still apples and oranges. What I, I take that selfie in the mirror or what I see in the mirror does not match what I see in this magazine. And he's looking at these photos we just shot and they're unretouched. They're just straight out, you know, 
And but they are lit professionally and there are he's you know, he's got that team behind him, like the people in the magazines that he was constantly comparing himself to. He had that finally. He leveled the playing field. And so he's looking at him. He's tearing up. He's like, "This, I look like them. He's like, well, you've always looked like them. They just had a team of professionals in Photoshop. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter what we say to you. You know, you got to turn that light bulb on. You got to make that connection. And when I saw him make that connection, oh, my gosh, it was like, nobody. I do know exactly what you're talking about. But I kind of got called out in that moment, too, because I'll be honest, up until then, it didn't really occur to me, like, duh, if I sit down and think about it, like, yeah, men and women are the same, like the brain, you know, like we've got the same insecurities, but it was very much in my face at that time. And so here I am. And he's like, you know, this tough guy looking very mass, you know, and he's tearing up and having this moment of realization, just like any of my female clients would. And like, that's powerful. So I don't mean to, but that's the kind of empowerment. And if it just happens that women gravitate towards that more so, um, you know, that's just kind of an accident. And I apologize because I totally did not mean that as like an attack or oh, no. anything like that. Um, I was just interested in knowing like what the, if maybe if there was a powerful woman in your life that inspired that, or maybe, you know, being a woman, because I mean, for me as a gay man, I will say that I identify with, with women in the sense that I love to see women empowered because women are so often just the things that women go through. I'll never be a woman and I'm not trying to be a woman. Let me clarify that. But I'm saying that what women do have to go through and just a lot of the bullshit of life that women, I, I just see what women go through in life. And it's just like, wow, you know, it's a lot. And, you know, you have, not that everything is like conventionally like a woman has to be this or a woman has to be that. But when you look at it from that that scope of this is the role of a woman or this is the role of a man, I just think about how much more that women seem to have to deal with, you know, of um, maybe a man trying to hit on them and they're not interested. And then they're trying to and then a lot of women sometimes end up dead because a man can't handle being told no. And then I think about um you know, a woman balancing her family and how it's often the woman that is carrying that load and just things like that. So I'm just enamored by women and their strength. So I was just interested in that. And I didn't mean to, to say oh, that. Like, no. like you know, I didn't mean funny. that to like point my finger and no, be like, why aren't you empowering men? That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, no, no. I know. I know. And I'm actually, I'm a mother of two sons. Um, so I'm, I'm a boy mom. And you know, what's funny not funny. It's kind of ironic. I did not have a close relationship with strong females growing up. I had, I had weird childhood, you know, like my dad was my person. Um, and so when he died, that left me feeling very estranged. And one, one half of my family, a lot of the women in the family were involved in a very uh, conservative and toxic religion, religious social group. And if, their, their viewpoints and restrictions on women and what you should and shouldn't be. And the equality within that particular group was very, you know, um, so I was not gravitating towards those people. And I was that girl in high school. That's like, Oh, I don't like being friends with the girls. Like they're, you know, I was that. Yeah. Um, and I, and it was because I was hurt. You know, I didn't know that I, I was like, Oh, boys are just, I'm friends with the guys because they're not dramatic. Like the girls. And we all know the girl that says that. Right. I said that because I was hurt by the women in my 
family growing up because I felt abandoned by them. I didn't know that, you know, I, I didn't have that emotional perception at 17, 18 years old. Who does? Um, but so really, I, if you would have asked me when I first started out, like, who would you want to work with? My <laughs> response would not have been like, oh, I want to like photograph and specialize in photographing women because they're so amazing. That would have not been my response at all. Right. But also what you were saying, um, you know, this, we, we see women, we're kind of under the magnifying glass right now because we've been working on equality we've been working and not just women, um, the LGBT community, anybody who feels confined by stereotypical like structure, like you got to fit in this box. And if you don't fit in this box, something's wrong with you, or you just need to like get out of our face. Cause we don't want to think about you and how awful you're making us look. Um, cause I think that's what it kind of boils down to. Like they love you, but like, they're going to look bad too, because that same structure is oppressing them as well. They can't even love the people that they want to, you know, not even in like a sexual way, but just like supporting people because they're under that. And, you know, we don't, I don't think we talk about that yet because there is so much bigger problems to deal with first, but I think we're going to see this pendulum swing the other way, not the other way, but to be, more inclusive of all male feelings, not just like a subset because they're oppressed too. We're allowed to complain about it. What I noticed about, you know, and I'm not, <laughs> I feel like I'm sending very mixed signals to anyone who's watching this, but, um, <laughs> you know, like I was talking about the, the client that I had that was tearing up. What occurred to me then is that if women don't come in, you know, there's a perception of if you're a 45 year old woman, if you're a 65 year old woman and you come in for a boudoir shoot or any kind of shoot for that matter, you need to be a little self-conscious. You need to come in and think that you have a problem because if you come in thinking you're already hot as all get out, like, whoa, okay, that's too much confidence now. Right. But it's almost expected of us to have a problem with our weight to have a problem with our mom tummy, our cellulite, our thighs, our butts, too big, too small, too flat, whatever, right? Or we're expected to have these problems. Men are not expected to have these problems. And when he sat down, he was embarrassed. Like it was me and his wife. And you know, when you have a photo shoot with me, we get close, right? So he wasn't, but you could tell it was a very scary thing for him to come out and admit this, that he wants to look like men in the magazines. That was taboo. And how many men I think do feel they don't, they want six pack abs. They want the washboard. They don't want the dad bod, but you can't say that. You can't say I feel less than as a man because I don't have a six pack of abs because that's maybe that's considered too feminine. Oh, you know, and then there's that backlash against the female again. But I think it is an interesting conversation because, you know, growing up like, around mostly men now like my house is full of boys we have one girl in the entire family and she now lives three hours away from us she ran away <laughs> no um but being surrounded by men now and seeing them be all of these things that i didn't think that they, it, it's just a very interesting viewpoint you know um and i think we're gonna swing it the other way so i didn't mean to make a long story long but um, I definitely think there's more to that conversation. I don't mean to just, I empower all people. It just happens that women are the ones that come to me. <laughs> well, and I love that you shared that story about, I know who you're talking about. And yeah. I, love, I, I love that you shared that because, you know, we, we are all 
we're all human and we're all vulnerable. We all have stuff that we, you know, are dealing with. And there are a lot of times in life that society, it seems like, makes it that the man can express that or you know what I'm what I'm saying. So um, just looking at at what a man might be going through and knowing, looking at a man who may quote unquote have the washboard abs or what have you, you would think that like they have it all together. They're not going through anything or whatever, but they have insecurities too. So it just goes to show you that we're all human and we're all going through something and we all need some kind of love and encouragement, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So. Yes. And I love this. I think this is, <laughs> I think it's one of the things that kind of like attracted each, us to into each other's lives, because I think when you start getting on that, it's a vibe you start. And I, I think this is such a great thing. We should all jump into the vibe because as we build momentum, we're creating that safe space for everyone, for people like you, for people like me, for people, you know, who fit the stereotype and you think that, oh, well, you've just had a, <laughs> an easy pass this whole time because the system was built for you. But I think the more we jump on this vibe that like you were saying, we're all human and we all go through these things, the more momentum that builds, the safer the space gets for everybody. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know, can men do boudoir? Yes. Boudoir. Am I we saying it right? This is going to be me. This is going to be me the whole episode. Boudoir, boudoir. I'm just going to randomly be saying it, and people are going to be like, "Why?" Either one. I, I do think like boudoir is more popular in Europe because you know it originated. It's a French word, um, meaning you know your bedroom. Um, but oh, okay, I didn't. Yeah, know that's that. what. It, so it's like intimate photos. To me, yes, men can do boudoir because uh, I think you'll find with photographers and people in general, everyone has their own definition of boudoir. Mine is intimate portraits of you. However, what clothes that it, <laughs> you, you have on is, uh, you know, neither here nor there, right? I've done boudoir with the girl has a long sleeve bodysuit on and a long sheer skirt and we don't, so it's just intimate portraits. I would say some of the, se the sessions that I've shot with you um, for the Phoenix Project, both you and the other guy that we were talking about, that is very similar to boudoir. Um, because, you know, like I've worked with you before. We had a specific like modeling agenda. We have a, we have a specific look, not just like, oh, capture me and my essence for who I am. That is boudoir. So yes, they can. There's a joke in the industry now. We call it dudeoir. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's not a serious, well, maybe some people are booking it seriously. I don't know, but you know, they make it really kitschy and, uh, you know, kind of like a stereotype, like he's in like Daisy Dukes and, you know, got his <laughs> propped up in the air and doing one of these things or something. So um, that's not particularly my style, but yeah, it's out there. <laughs> that's funny. What would you say motivates and inspires you? Hmm. That might be a vague question. There might be a lot of things, but do you have like that, you know, that light inside of you that or that fire inside of you? Where does that fire burn from? I don't know. I, uh, my solar plexus chakra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, when I talk, when I get onto that level and I meditate on what the heck am I even doing here? <laughs> um, and just in life in general, in this world, uh, I just want to reflect. I want to be a reflector. Um, I want to reflect back how I see the world because for as long as I've 
can remember, I feel like I see the world in a really beautiful way. Um, and I'm not so sure. Well, now I know not everybody sees it that way. People don't see themselves the way I see them. People don't view the world the way I do. And I think if they did, they'd be a little happier <laughs> because I think they're beautiful. And I think there's so much beautiful things, you know, going on. And um, my inspiration is just to reflect that back. Like if I see it, I call it out. I try to photograph it. I, I point it out for everybody to see and say, hey, this this guy right here, he's beautiful. This girl right here, she's, you know, this this day is beautiful. This, you know, old building. I don't know, whatever. It's full, you know, that's where it comes from. I just I just want to reflect back all that cool stuff that I get to experience every day. Kind of a vague answer. <laughs> that's okay because I what I heard was you are you're you're inquisitive and you're looking but you're also reflecting back the beauty that you see and you're just giving that back. And yeah. I just think that's beautiful. And I think that's what makes you an artist and that's what artists do, you know, artists. So, and sometimes being an artist, the world, you know, artists are a reflection of the world. And sometimes they always say that sometimes an artist should be telling the truth and meaning that things aren't always going to be so happy-go-lucky or is, you know, everything's not always going to be beautiful. But I think that when you have, when you see life from a beautiful standpoint of I'm grateful, I'm here, you know, what have you, or I get to do this today or whatever, the world does become a beautiful place and it doesn't have to be so heavy. Like, you know, you're a reflection of the times of people are going through hard times and, and people are dying and, and this is happening and that's happening. And, you know, people are going through this. But I think that when you just have that light inside of you and you shine it, then I think you're shining that light on the world and you're making it a more beautiful place. And that's, yeah. that's what an artist is. Well, thank you. And yeah, no, it, as you were talking, it made me think of something. And I was telling you about how, you know, my, my origin story, uh, my dad dying. You know, I don't know if you've ever taken a drawing class, but anytime you go into drawing and they teach you to draw, you can't draw the light parts. You can only draw the shadow. When you start to draw a picture, all you can do is fill in the shadows. If you are drawing a portrait of someone, because the light parts reveal themselves, that's the negative space, right? I think the, you know, I did not have a happy childhood. My, my first 20 years of my life were horrible, um, but I filled in the shadows. And I think because of that, I got an, a clearer view of the picture before other if and, and, you know, if you've experienced you've experienced loss, you've experienced heartbreak when you that makes everything else shine so much brighter. That silver lining. You can't see that silver lining. You can't see its luminance if you don't if you haven't seen the dark. And so I'm not wishing that darkness on anybody but if you are finding yourself in the middle of that, man, you're just, you're just shading in that picture. Cause when you step back and look at it, you're going to see the, you're going to see it for what it is, you know, and you're going to see the whole and you're going to see like, Oh, that was awesome. Right. I just got the, the benefit, <laughs> I guess, of filling in those shady parts, filling in that shadow earlier. So I was able to see it. Um, and it's not just beauty. You know, I think the more accurate word for me is magic. And I think that's what's drawing me to like the conscious creators and the coaching and, and that avenue too, because the photography was just a tool. I could show it to you. 
now it's like I'm finding my more of my voice, my actual voice in writing and speaking and not just like, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. I had to show you first because I didn't know what the words were. Now I know the words, you know. So it's really about seeing the magic in the world and in you and in myself. And, you know, that's what it is. It's more than beauty. It's magic. That's powerful. I love that. <laughs> so you have the tarot series coming. Do you have any other projects that you're working on currently? Oh, Are you just focusing on that right now? I'm focusing on that right now. Yeah. Okay. I think I need to just keep that on my plate. So that's something I'm working on myself. Like, you know, uh, just that focus that, you know, that you want to put into something to make it really good because it does mean something to me. So yeah, that's, Keeping keeping the projects limited. The tarot series is a pretty big one. Like I said, um, we're I mean, not only shooting it, I'm creating my own essential tarot guide to go with it. <laughs> so no pressure or anything. But yeah, that's what we got going on right now. Well, I'm I'm excited to see how it turns out. That's gonna be really I love creative things like that. I, I have it. a feeling it's not gonna be our last one that we do because I'm having way too much fun with it. I'm like, oh okay, well, I'm just gonna make tarot decks now. So <laughs> Add that to the list. Add that to my resume. I love it. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, would you share with us where we can follow you and support you in all of your endeavors? So like we were saying, my conscious creators, createtheself.com. Um, we do have a Facebook group, Conscious Creators on Facebook. Um, Jessica Moon Portrait is where you'll find my photography work, jessicamoonportrait.com, website, Facebook, Instagram, um, you'll find us there, Jessica Moon Portrait. One of the best there are. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you Absolutely. for having me. This is so amazing. I love this. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Everybody, I just want to thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Cultivation with Kevy. This has been a great conversation, love and light just all around. And I hope it's blessed you as much as it's blessed me. Until next time, God bless and take care. K-A-M-E.